Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Welcome everyone to the distraction. I'm Jeremy. Wow. <laughs> Joseph, major explosion. Dude, I thought you said you've got like clearance to do it inside. What did you say? You claim this was I thought I didn't expect this to be a cut scene. Good lord, Jeremy. My well, that was something else. I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. We have, bits. we have cinematic bits now, Joseph. What's, what's truly amazing about this is that bit was something that we reviewed five minutes after the matter, and you had decided then you were going to do this as an intro. It is now rendered almost like it's a funny bit, but, you know, everyone's moved on, right? But not only did you say, okay, I'm still going to do the bit, you did it in that fashion, <laughs> that execution, just a still shot of you with the spirit. Didn't you get clearance to do them inside? I don't know what I expected. I don't know, but that was that was not it. I don't know. I didn't ask to get clearance to do it inside. Um, I wanted to do sparklers. That was always part of the bit. And the girlfriend goes, I got these little pop rocks that you throw on the ground that, you know, make a sound. I was like, oh, man, we can definitely do that. And so that's what we did. We filmed that last night, uh, Joseph. Filmed it. Like it's a <laughs> okay, okay. We're Darby. making movies. We're making movies. Okay, Darby, whatever you say, bro. Yeah, you know, this is just I've said it before I say it again. You're out of hand, you can't be tamed. 
I don't know what to say, you know. Like, I mean, I see, here's the thing. I was workshopping some ideas with my brother earlier, and we were saying it would make sense for me to be triumphant today, right? Like, to come on, like, AEW saved the day. I don't have to retire. Um, that is Okada, JL. I can now see the comments. Be, be wary. Um, you know, I could come on here triumphantly. The All Elite Fleet lives to fight another day. Everyone likes Eddie Kingston and John Moxley again. TK's gaff has been forgotten, wiped from the history books. And then I said to my brother, I was like, what's the point? Jeremy's going to start with a sprinkler display, which would completely undercut <laughs> my bit. So I'm just going to come, like I always do, I'm going to just come on and see what Jeremy has waiting for me. I came on like five minutes before go time, and he's like, it's going to be a different show today, Joe. Okay. <laughs> what, do I, what do you want me to do at this point? It is what it is. Apparently, we're going to talk about wrestling. I've seen no wrestling. Jeremy's going to have to glide this thing. Go ahead, my friend. Away you go. I had to start the show with the explosion because if I built it up and ended it, I mean, it still would have been tremendous because it's a great bit. But I thought doing it as a start. And now we save it, Joseph. You know, the explosion, I hyped it as someone dying, big explosion. Maybe it didn't live up quite to the hype, yeah. but now we save it. We we John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, this shit, and we save everything. You know, there are many wrestling comparisons we could make that I think – Frame us somewhat favourably, I would say. I don't know if Mox and Eddie is the one we should, we should go for. I mean, we should stick within like our universe, you know, the wrestling podcast universe where everyone shuffles their papers and gets ready to discuss the great art of professional wrestling. I think within that world, we have a we have a say. Mox and Eddie, probably best to be left for another day, Jeremy. We'll get there, though. We will get there, I promise. JJ sends a super chat, says, hello to my favorite big stars. Today is a good day all around. Glad you're doing well, buddy. Seems Eddie and Mox can save anything along with Omega and Don. LOL 69 me. And then we have a super chat from Bud Ryan, says Moxley compared to Batman and 69 me, Don. Will live with me forever. Glad Eddie cut his best promo just for Joe Holbert. Not to retire. You lads, all the distraction nights out there are the best. NBA Ethan Page with Britt in BPW. Joseph, we got to talk about it, right? What, NBA Ethan Page? Yeah, talk about NBA Ethan Page. Well, I didn't see this because the fight <laughs> TV was fine. So, I, I mean, you can talk about it. It certainly feels like our bit. I hear it was very exciting when the crowd was doing the defense, the fake crowd doing the defense, <laughs> and Ethan was, you know, on the on the cell. So that like, was fun. I don't know. Good. They saying ain't no mountain high enough in the middle of it? Oh, man. Okay, yeah. this sounds like I need to seek it out. I know that Tony was um, – I think you mentioned on Twitter, right? Like Tony wasn't quite as passive aggressive. Yeah, he was just like, oh, got cleared up. You know, it's good. We're going to upload it to YouTube. The great yeah. folks at TNT. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he may as well have said, the pieces of shit Bleacher Report found me, but the great folks at TNT never will. Good stuff. You got to like it. Uh, Joseph, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley. We reviewed AEW Revolution with our buddy Cassidy Haynes on Sunday. Everybody can go watch that after they get done watching this. Uh, watch it in reverse like it's a Star Wars film. Uh, the big explosion that wasn't. Kingston and Moxley showed up on Dynamite. They joked. Kingston said he passed out because, you know, he has anxiety. He reminded him of uh, being in prison. Uh, they joked about an Acme bomb and, you know, Impact potentially paying for the bomb. Then Don Callis came and said, this is all part of our plan. We win. You look like fools. You lose. He wanted a 69 with Kenny Omega, or Kenny Omega wanted a 69 with him. What would you think of this explanation, Joseph? On Sunday night, I was clearly um, I was clearly struggling. Jeremy. You were like, struggling. This was only moments after the catastrophe, and I think we already began to piece together a few outs for them. 
So by Wednesday night, I was pretty confident they were going to come out of this okay. I, you know, the, the explanation for Eddie was like, it's not, you know, it's not ideal, but he, it wasn't out of character for him. He has a lot of baggage and a lot of like, it, it didn't feel like, oh my God, they've really had to reach. Obviously, it's not what they were going for, clearly. But it was always going to be fine because they're the best two guys in the industry to be put in such a position, right? Then two guys sitting next to each other. The charisma is always going to get them out of trouble. And I think this is the biggest compliment I can give them. I think they leave this Wednesday in a stronger position than they entered Revolution by like a pretty big distance. I think the MJF thing is now infinitely more interesting. I think they have Christian as a top baby face alongside Mox and Eddie as like a tandem. Like, I think they're in a good spot. That was a tremendous bounce back show when they needed it most. It's worth saying, you know, nothing new here. Everyone's got to deal with me and, and Ed Kingston, but it is incredible to think that he was just like a guy for an open challenge spot. Like he now feels like one of the most kind of indispensable guys on their whole roster to me. You know, like he to me is one of the most pure AEW guys there is on that whole crew. It was a major hit after one of the all-time misses that we'll relive forever and ever and ever. You got to say, I mean, I think it's a it's a gold star for both of those guys that in history, when you tell the story, you're actually going to have to say, but fuck, they pieced it together pretty well, which is cool. I like that. Uh, Music of Moonsault says that Mox Eddie promo had been the best thing AEW has ever produced considering what was at stake. Yeah, there was a lot at stake. They certainly needed um, an out there. They needed a good explanation on why that was such a dud. And I like... Eddie and Moxley did great. I love their dynamic. I tweeted, went viral. We both went viral this week, Joseph. Big stars just going viral on the Twitter. Uh, just giving two hours of them doing whatever they want to do, and I'll watch it. I thought that part was tremendous. The Don Callis promo, didn't care so much for that. I thought it just went on too long. Uh, Omega looked bored during this promo he looked like he was bored and frustrated like once eddie came out it got better and i, I thought callus did good there like talking about their history and talking about how uh eddie's kind of always a failure and he's never won that big one and stuff i thought that got better i thought callus just went on way too long with his explanation i thought it was like kind of too corny like it's kind of a it's almost a corny situation and i guess that uh moxley and uh, moxley and Eddie, we're, we're kind of poking fun about with Acme and Impact paying uh, for the bomb and everything. But I thought I thought they were too corny and too jokey with it. I I don't know. I didn't like it. And again, I don't think Omega helped where he's just like sitting there looking bored to death with while Don is talking. It's interesting. So I, I watched this show on delay. So I, I'm not watching it with, I'm not saying you did, but like, you know, when you watch it out live, you get the opinions as they come through from social. I didn't yeah. get that. So for me... I really like that segment. I kind of think this is getting Jeremy. You're not going to like this. Here we go. Ready? I think Don Callis worked you into a shoot, Jeremy Lambert. I think that I think the Donaconda guy he's, he's sunk in, he sunk his heel hands into you, and he convinced you that you were bored and you hated this man. Because while he does have a tendency to talk in circles a little bit, which I can relate very much, Don. I thought it was good shit. I mean, here's the thing. I'm kind of. It's hard for me to look back at that portion of the segment because the second half of it, I thought, was so good. Yes. Yeah. So maybe if I watch it just on its own. It did feel a little bit like they were kind of like, yeah, going round and round about whether it was his decision or not. I understand. But I'll say this, okay? Our friend, the Invisible Hand, he often will talk about how guys don't know how to get over and all this stuff. Let me tell you something, man. He is a heel. That dude's a real... 
he is a complete dick. You know, when he talks, you just it, like the crowd wanted to cheer Eddie anyway, but they came up huge for him when Don was just being a piece of shit because he's that good of a heel. He to me, and you know, I think you have a different opinion on him because you have to like watch his interviews and stuff where he talks about the business and how he dictates everything. But I think he has been so good for that product. Like Omega cutting these promos on his own, man, I think would be a, a challenge. Yeah. Because you know? he's zany oh. and he's entertaining, but big, long promos, I don't know about that, you know? I think Don has been great for Omega in this role. I just, I thought he rambled on too long here. And maybe he was, maybe like he does, Joseph, he's the invisible hand controlling me and he's got me, you know, dancing on a string here. Uh, But regardless, it just, it didn't work for me. When Eddie came out, great. When Moxley came out and Christian came out, all that was great. And that's what people are going to mostly remember. Like they'll probably move on for the most part from this explosion stuff. They, They said what they needed to say. I don't know how much more they're going to focus on it uh, moving forward. but And they, they have the story there with Eddie not being able to win. They they got one over on the baby faces and everything. Like The points are there. I get the points. I just mm-hmm. wasn't a big fan of the promo. That's fine. I'm, I'm not saying you're an idiot. I'm just saying you worked into a shit like a, <laughs> like a foolish fan in the audience. You work like a <laughs> like monarch. Yeah, you know, monarch. Well, I don't understand this business interest. That's what I'm saying. How dare you dislike it here? Well, you know, I should have you banned from this show. But here's the thing. Let's talk big picture here, okay? Are we headed to, is Christian going to be the double or nothing opponent with a six man along the way? Or is Eddie going to be the double or nothing opponent? Or is it someone that's not even in this picture right now because that's too far away? I think Christian is way more likely as the double and nothing opponent than Eddie. No offense to Eddie. I, but I think how Christian, do you, here's the thing. How do you maneuver the Christians to the double or nothing? How do you do this? Yes. That's where I'm kind of struggling as well. Cause double or nothing's not till the end of May. Like this is a very yes. long ways out. Like you've got to, you've got to kind of pace this with Christian. And I don't know how willing they're going to be to pace it. Why, why can't Christian be the champion? going into double or nothing. Like what if he beats Omega on television? Perhaps. I mean, I think they're going to have a big dynamite on the takeover night, right? I don't, you know, I would guess they don't want NXT to go out on a win. This would be my, if I was them, I would like to, you know, twist and dagger, so to speak. So, <laughs> and I think they will do that. The, to me, it's like, here's the deal. I think you're going to get that six man tag as a main event at some point, because that's a big match, right? Yeah, the fact they're doing the Omega, sorry, they're doing um, Mox and Eddie against the Good Brothers next week. That feels like it's indicative of something, man, because that's the sort of match you could have dragged out for a little bit, and they're just going straight to that tag match, you know. Like, and especially, dumb, and especially next week, I mean, you're headlining with she or not she, Rosa and Britt Baker. You've got Cody yes. and Penta on that show as well. Right. Yeah, like that's not even going to going to main event and like okay, I'm I'm glad that uh Rosa and Britt Baker is the main event, but you would think John Moxley Eddie Kingston against Good Brothers is a main event match and it's second from the top, but that's like it's a big card next week. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it it makes you think like they could have easily done you know Mox and Eddie against the, the Butcher and the Blade, right? They easily could have done that. So yeah. I agree with you and that feels like to say my my initial guess was that they would do Eddie and Omega as like a dynamite special in April, you know, somewhere around there. And then they would get to Christian, but it's like, 
Christian's already standing next to Omega. Like, it's interesting. Maybe they just do that, man. Maybe they just roll the dice and have Christian come in with the best match he thinks he can have against Omega, and he kind of works. This is going to sound backwards, but he's in his career, it may make sense, where he kind of works backwards, you know, works down the card. And he starts Omega, has a classic match, and then he uses that kind of refueled cachet, so to speak, to have great matches across the, the roster. It'll be interesting. My instincts are Christian's double or nothing, but I just... You know, as you say, it's like it's 11 weeks away, I think, of TV. So at least if it, if it was Eddie, you could at least go, you know, you could use the Mox tag stuff as like a bridge in that direction. Because I think you're going to get Kenny and Eddie in a singles at some point. I just would have seen it's Dynamite because Don's promo was too, like, too wired in and focused on Eddie to not to not do that. It's interesting. They have 100 more ways to go. They could also do pack at the pay-per-view. So I don't know. It's definitely, I definitely think you're getting Omega and Eddie on a dynamite. And I, yeah. I still think Christian is the double or nothing guy. I mean, you could easily build an entire show. I mean, they built an entire show around Eddie and Moxley or um, Moxley and Omega for, for dynamite. So it's not like they're opposed to like just doing this on free TV. So they could do Omega and Christian on television. Feels like that's more of a pay-per-view match uh, with Christian. Like he came in, he hasn't said a word yet. And it's clear where they're positioning him though. They see him, they like they hyped him as Hall of Fame worthy, they hyped him as a major, major star. That's what he is to them. There's no, you know, people are gonna be, oh, he's been a mid carter for life. He, you know, what are they gonna do with him in AEW? Like he's their top guy. Like he's almost their top baby face right now. Mm-hmm. They're positioning immediately right across from Kenny Omega. How do you feel about that? Like just you personally? I'm fine with it because you know I'm a Christian guy. Like, I, I don't think if you're going to sit here and be like, oh, Edge, WrestleMania main event, this is great, and then be mad at Christian coming in and getting a main event spot against Kenny Omega, I don't see I don't see the argument there. Like, and I think Christian's better than Edge. I, I think the role should be reversed, Joseph, and Edge should be in <laughs> AEW as a mid-card guy, and Christian should be main eventing WrestleMania. But, yeah, I know, agree, but we're, we're going to get run off the internet if we do that kind of thing, <laughs> so we should be careful. But I think it's interesting. I think there's something... I think he's trying to make a statement, Christian, with how little he, like the fact that he hasn't spoke yet, right? The whole outwork everyone thing, while perhaps slightly embarrassing for a man in his 40s, I believe it is a message he's trying to send of like, he's not here to be the guy that comes out and does the big up North brother again. Like he's done that deal, been there, done that. You know, like he wants to come in and have matches. That's why it wouldn't surprise me if he came in and was just like, I'm going to do this Omega match and just prove like I'm a top guy on this roster talent wise. I, I don't know how I'd feel about it. I'd have to see how they, how they get there. The issue is, is that what is the, you know, is the core conflict between Christian and Omega? What would it be for prolonged TV? We already know what his issue is with Moxley, right? That's that's done basically. Yeah. And Eddie is like a, he's kind of like a, um, you know, a, a transition where you can continue the heat from that, and then with Don, you have this new story where it's like this weird I fired you once. Um, Fiasco with Christian, we have no clue what that would be. I'm sure you know those guys are creative enough to come up with something, but it does feel like there are moving pieces at play here. That the way they handle them, I think, could be pretty important. I really do. You know, like I think Moxley's uh, you know interesting spot himself because I don't think he's resting for that belt for a while. So is he, are him and Eddie just going to be a team for now? I mean, I haven't got a problem with that. Would you, Jeremy? I think that should be that'd be no, fun, but. Not. If you're starting with the good brothers, like you know, there's, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of up from there. So, do you think? Sorry. 
do you think we get kind of a screwy finish next week? Because, yeah, I, I mean, maybe Impact doesn't care that if their tag team champions get beat on television. I mean, Tony Khan's on Impact Television every week, burying the company anyway. They're taking shots at him last or last night on Dynamite. Whatever. It, it, I think they're just kind of happy with the publicity right now. Um, yeah. But like, are you going to beat the Good Brothers, the Impact Tag Team Champions, or are you going to have Moxley and, and Eddie take a loss here? And then from there, what happens with them? So I'm not saying they booked themselves into a corner. I, mm-hmm. I trust AEW to know what they're doing here more than I would WWE. But it, it's it's very quick to to go with this match, and you're going to need, you know, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose on it. Well. I'm fear of getting ahead of myself here, Jeremy, but I think there's a real chance. You know, Impact Special is Saturday, right? Next Wednesday, I think there's a real chance that Mox and Eddie win that match and it's announced immediately that's the title match for... for no Surrender? Or for Rebellion. 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 That, that show. Yes. And <laughs> okay. to add more to this, who is Deanna going to wrestle at Rebellion? Well... Jazz. I don't think she is. I mean, it would make an awful lot of sense for it to be someone from the All Elite fleet. So, with that, the Rebellion is just basically an AEW versus Impact show. Yes. I mean, I think that makes some sense, don't you? Like, if you think about when that feud started, the promotional, you know, crossing over started in December. That's an April pay per view. I think that's, I think that would be logical to me. If not, you could just have, a, you know, Callis gets involved and they pin Eddie. It would not make, you know, Kingston's bulletproof is fine, but yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think it's the best idea. But like Gallows and Anderson are very protected acts, so I think that would make sense. I, I would I, say I think, so. I think that's where the screwy finish comes in. Is is Callis just kind of screws over Moxley and Eddie here? And again, they're not going to lose anything from it. It's tough to pin a clean fall on Moxley and, and or Kingston though in this situation, especially if you are building. <clears throat> If you are building to the eventual match with uh, with Eddie and Omega, I think you could honestly hang a clean fall easier on Moxley than you could Kingston at this point. Maybe I think I think one of the good brothers are going to get pinned in the aforementioned six man. I think we'll get at this point. You know, like I could see them having Christian pin a Gallows and Anderson in his first match back. So that may be an impact here too. I the one thing I would say is with the promo that Don cut. I think Eddie could have some great fun cutting promos about how he's going to roll into the impact, the impact world and get those impact tag titles with Moxie. I think that'd be a big deal for impact, you know? So it'll be interesting. I, I think this week's show for dynamite was a very good bounce back show, but it was also, I thought a pretty upfront kind of um, admission of like, geez, we need to balance our roster a little bit here. Right. Because Tony Khan mentioned after the, the show on Sunday that like Ethan Page is going to help them as a heel because they had to switch all of Dark Order Babyface. And it's like, well, on this show, Scorpio officially turned heel. Mm-hmm. Pentagon, or sorry, Penta, uh, officially, to me, I mean, his line was a heel line, right? But the death triangle, you know, was Penta a heel when they were fighting like Eddie? I don't know. I, so I kind of thought he was always a heel. So either way, I think they can legitimately um, switch 
the the death triangle heel in this feud. Now, I, whether I did it or not, the whole free, the whole trio. Lance Archer was awful heelish when he interrupted Stang, right? Mm. Like in a circle, all flip babyface. So like, I think they now realise because this roster is very much now more than ever. You can split up like ninety percent of their guys into either the monster category or like the high flyer category. And you know, naturally the high flyers are gonna be babyface, monsters are gonna be heels. You can't beat those monsters all the time because then none of them are monsters. I think they're gonna have an issue with this. Like Eddie became their heel that you could kind of beat and he would stay over because he can talk. That's gone now. So even Paige's gonna have to get ready for that role. Because I don't think they've got anyone else to go for like maybe Scorpio can. I don't know. It was it was definitely a week where it felt like they were adjusting stuff though on the fly to me. What'd you make of the big closing angle where we got our horsemen? We got our five horsemen now with MJF, Wardlow, FTR, and and Sean Spears, and they're gonna they're gonna feud with the inner circle. If it was a good angle, I, you know, I think it definitely left it left me more excited as to what's going on. I think it's a lot for blood and guts, right? I think that's everyone's assumption. I think it was a good character moment for the the inner circle guys in the sense that yes these men are complete dicks but they're loyal you know like it would have been awful hollow i always thought if mjf just stole them like santana and ortiz going with mjf over jericho would always feel like oh really that doesn't seem like that this was much more in line and it also made mjf look smart without burying the baby faces so i, I thought it was a win the faction itself is promising i'm glad he still has wardlow by his side yeah I think it's a great fit for Sean Spears because he's kind of a, you know, secondary sounds dismissive, but he's a good supporting actor, right? He's, he's good not hand, the guy. Joseph. He's a good hand. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the guy, <laughs> at least to be honest, he's the guy to take falls in the team, right? Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's a good thing that all the guys in the team, in the faction, none of their ideologies seem at odds with MJF, where it's like, yeah, and then you've got this guy that does all the cool moves. Like, none of those dudes give a shit about that, right? Like, Spears is a good fit in that sense. I think Ethan Page would have been too, but they want to do other stuff with him. So, I, I think he's a good fit. I like the faction. They've got a lot of factions. They love their stables. It's, it's a good fit because it keeps guys on TV, but it is a little bit dizzying, I would say, for the – ready for this, Jeremy? The casual fan <laughs> is very – I mean, it can be dangerous because you, there's a lot of people and it's a little bit much. It's a little much. But, I mean, MJF with TR has always been good. And for all these comparisons about MJF, he's a great heel and all this good stuff. If he can be 75% the heel Tully Blanchard was, he's pomp, they're, they're in a good spot. He's actually a perfect mentor for MJF in truth, which I think he's kind of lost on some people. So, big thumbs up. I mean, everyone, everyone expected a big angle when they were main eventing, and I think they got that. I just think it was a hit. Yeah, once it once it showed that they were main eventing, you kind of figured, oh, Chris Jericho getting kicked out of the inner circle. You knew something was going down. Like they're not main eventing that, especially because they did. I mean, they had the TNT title match, and they turned Scorpio. Like you could you could close with that Scorpio turn, but they they clearly had something with the MJF uh, new new faction here, and so they thought that was worthy of main eventing. I think they made the right call on that. Um, we, we talked about this faction before and I never really saw like MJF as like a leader of a faction like this. I thought it was good. Like I thought him and Wardlow work because all right, he's, he's a rich prick. He gets a bodyguard. Like that makes sense. Having like a full faction around it. I just never saw it. He always just seemed like more of a, a singles guy who has the bodyguard type thing, not, you know, surrounded by multiple people. I think MJF is going to be great at it. Um, 
because of the, the guys he's working with. And you're right that it all fits like the ideology, like FDR is not coming in doing flips because MJF hates that shit. And, and Sean Spears isn't really that guy, that guy either. And they've been setting it up for a while. The, the betting stuff with Spears and MJF, you know, it seems like this is a point where, again, I will give AEW credit and be like, they were probably planting the seeds that, you know, WWE likes to do this stuff. Oh, they've been building this for seven years. Look at all the seeds they planted. Like, no, they probably just ditched some shit seven years ago. And then seven years later down the line, oh, okay, yeah, we can call back to this moment and stuff. We weren't actually planning a seven year uh, feud here. They, they were probably setting this up when they were doing those angles uh, and those skits and everything back then. I think it's great. Here's my not issue, but my concern. Babyface inner circle. Santana, Ortiz, Sammy think they'll be fine. Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, little worried about them, you know, and how they're going to act as babyfaces. Look, I think <laughs> we should. I think we should split Hager and Jericho here. I understand for the audience that watches this show, we are all big time nerds that are online a lot. Okay. But, like, no. AEW audience is cheering Jericho, bro. <laughs> they, they sing that song with all their yeah. hearts. Hager, hey, that's, no, that's a roll of the dice. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a big body that can kind of fight Wardlow. Like, I think he'll be fine. I mean, it's a hell of a play by the Chris on contract year. Flip himself babyface. you got to love it. And merch sales are going to go up. I think it will be fine. Is it my ideal first War Games match? No, definitely not. Well, I, do I think it'll be good? Yeah, and I actually think, you know, Jericho, for all of this conversation about Jericho, I actually think him being in it could help War Games in the sense that he prevents it from becoming what um, War Games is now, which is like, you know, just it's become like just a stunt show with eight guys. So to me, Jericho could ground it in the same way you're going to need to with guys like Hager and Wardlow. I mean, it can help. So I, I think that's a positive. Am I super excited about that whole feud? Not really. I think it'll be fine. I think I think it'll be good stuff. Now, here's a question for you, Jeremy Lambert. This is this is big picture stuff because I don't want to talk about any other wrestling. Uh, Brandon Green says, I like these homeless guys. That's a very good comment, Brandon. I appreciate that. I like you too. <laughs> so, there has been some discussion today about long ter- long-term planning in professional wrestling, okay? And this has become a what we call in the industry a dialogue. Do you care if the promotion you watch is planning long-term and has an idea of where they're going? Or does it make no difference to you as long as the content is good? It doesn't make a difference to me as long as the content is good. I I, I think it's good that they have a long-term plan because it shows they put some thought into it. Um, And and it's fun to look back, much like the the Sean Spears MJF stuff. It's fun to look back and be like, oh, man, like they, they were planning this. Like all of this makes sense. People have pointed out in like MJF interviews, he's very complimentary of like Tully and FTR and things. It's like, oh, you know, were they planting seeds there? I think it's fun to look back. And if you're somebody who pays really close attention to that stuff, I think it's fun for you. Myself personally, like I watch all the shows, I see some seeds being planted and everything, and that's great. But as long as the show is just good, I don't care behind the scenes how much they have of it planned out. It's interesting, right? Because I think there are some things that are definitely like they're cute little callbacks. So, like for yeah. example, you mentioned with MJF, like 
in the contract signing with Moxley, he was, what did he say? Like, you admire Mick Foley or whoever. I admire Tully Blanchard and some other guys. And it's like a small thing that looks pretty neat now. Or like, for example, um, one year ago, the Dynamite After Revolution was the show where they did to Moxley exactly what happened to Inner Circle this year. They did the exact same thing to him. They took him up the ramp, powerbombed him off the ramp. Mm-hmm. It's like a cool little mirror thing for those of the fans that really, really pay attention and lock in. But I don't think that is... That to me, that's not long-term storytelling as much as it's like attention to detail, you know? And they go under the same umbrella, don't wrong. So a good example would be, in my, and this, you know, we'll never know what the case is. This is the way these things are, right? So if you watch a TV show, you don't know when this arc was concluded and such. How many weeks on this show did I spend fantasy booking Mox and Eddie coming together, right? Mm-hmm. Quite, quite a few. <laughs> if they never pay that off, like my faith probably be the wrong word, but like my my interest in kind of pondering what's next is damaged by that. I often felt like when I was watching that whole thing, I was picking up pieces that were not there because I felt like an insane person. I was fantasy booking saying they wasn't yeah. even referenced on TV. I am yeah. But when they had it closed the pay-per-view, as a fan, I was left sitting back saying Holy shit, I am insane, but I was correct. They did too see what I saw. This was a story they could tell, you know, they could prolong. And we'll never know, but I truly believe they always intended to get to the point they're at now with those two as a, as a baby face kind of, you know, buddy cop deal. In the same way, and this is, I want to stress this, this is not a AEW versus Toby thing as much as it's just like ideology, but I have to use Toby because they're a good example. When you're in our field, field, Makes sense. I'm getting paid. Um, when you're in our world, people were at the last year. They'll be like, "Where do you think they're going with this, Joe?" And it's like, at some point, my answer becomes for some of this stuff. What am I guessing here? Because they don't know themselves. You know, like, I'm like I'm basically just talking. In a, I'm talking to myself. There's there's no, you know, like, wh- who's this guy going to face? Respond? I don't know, dude. They're going to figure out next week. What's the point of me guessing? For my personal interest and enjoyment, I do believe that if you tell me enough times that paying attention to the wins and losses and the ups and downs of each week means nothing, I do think that's a problem. I do. To me, like when something happens in WWE, I legitimately, my brain tell, tells me not to care. You know, like I'm like, well, this will be forgotten, so why am I going to remember it? It's not like a big deal. It's very inside baseball and niche, and it's for the wrestling nerd, no doubt. But I do think when inevitably for WrestleMania, they're going to have to heat up matches like overnight because they've just got to them and conclude this is the match we're going to do. I think it makes I think it makes a difference. I really do. So it's an interesting conversation because I saw somebody being like, who gives a shit? And I get that. But I'd give a shit, Jeremy. I do. It's me. I'm I, not going to give a shit. So, so here's where I'm at. I think the long-term planning is great. You, I mean, we we do this show every week. We do like 500 shows a week, and we like to talk about long-term plans. And we discuss that stuff more with AEW because you can tell there's actually some thought into it, right? Um, whereas WWE, we have a very tough time trying to be like, oh, where, where they're going with Bray Wyatt and, and Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss and stuff. What's happening here? My kind of counter to that is like, I don't think they had a long-term plan with Bobby Lashley. At the Rumble, like, do you think they actually knew, oh, yeah, we're going to put the title on Bobby Lashley in the next couple of weeks? But 
the content that they've done with Bobby Lashley uh, since like the Rumble, even before the Rumble. I mean, you kind of saw, you thought that they were going with Lashley. I don't know how much you like truly believed it. You're just like, I, I think they're, they're, they're putting a lot of wins on this guy. It's like, they're going to do something with him, right, Jeremy? Like, that's basically what you're saying. You're like, I think they'll give him the title. And like they did, so they paid it off. How much long-term planning was in that? I don't know, but the content of the Lashley stuff, you can look back at it and be like, this is great. I do think for discussion purposes, because we do like to kind of fantasy book and try to figure out where they're going and stuff, because that's fun for us. Uh, For that, it is more fun if you do have to pay attention to those things and you can try to plan that out. Where with the Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton, I'm just using this example because it's been going on for five months now. And they clearly don't know what they're doing because Asuka just loses random matches. Um, like it's tough to try to piece together where that's going because you can tell on a week-to-week basis they have no idea where that's going. I agree. So I think we've covered it pretty conclusively as far as our perspective, right? So now, to make this a little bit less nerdy, let's try and figure out what impact this has on... Here we go again, ready? The casual viewer, Jeremy, okay? That's what I'm gonna try, we're going to try to do here. So... Bobby Lashley is kind of the exception, not the rule. And here's the here's why. Not whether they planned it or not, they actually protected Bobby Lashley. Yeah. So he was in a position where you could slot him in, and heat-wise, momentum-wise, you had got him where he needed to be. You know. Now here's the thing. There are other examples. So here's here's one I'll give you. A couple of years ago at SummerSlam, they did Becky and Natty, right? Natalia had not won a match before that, before she like got contendership to be in a match. She hadn't won a match for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because clearly what happened is they had rolled up to that July TV and gone, shit, SummerSlam's in Canada? Let's do Natty. <laughs> okay, here's the problem with that. That match comes around, and whether you're a nerd like me or you're someone who just watches Raw every week, you didn't buy Natty for a million years because they didn't know she was going to be at the SummerSlam match. They couldn't, didn't have time to give her wins through... April, May, June, July, you know? If I know I need someone to be important by SummerSlam, I have five months to get her there. If I find out she's going to be important at SummerSlam in July, that's tough. So when you look at a guy like WrestleMania, it's like, uh, who's a good example of someone who's just kind of flowing around aimlessly? I don't know. Let's just say someone gets hurt. Let's say someone gets hurt or something happens and they decide, okay, we need Rey Mysterio for a major match at WrestleMania. I mean... That would be quite the challenge at this point because you've beaten Reigns the canvas, right? Like, it's who's AJ working? Hopefully they know the answer to that. I haven't got a clue. Well, this, so, this is know. okay. This is where long-term planning would certainly help, but it also – you can do this week to week if you just do it correctly. The problem with something somebody like WWE is just like, let's just 50-50 everybody. Joseph, we we play we play uh, TEW uh, every other Friday on Twitch TV slash Fightful Gaming. Uh, you know, we essentially book. Sometimes we have some long term stuff, but we essentially book kind of like week to week, right? But in our minds, we might have one or two little threads. Of like, okay, we should probably do this here. So you can do it week to week as long as it still makes sense. The problem with a company like WWE is a lot of that shit doesn't make sense, and so the content and suffers. Like, if the content is good, even if you're doing it week to week, I don't have an issue with it. My issue is when the content sucks. And most weeks with WWE, the content sucks. And maybe that is because they don't long-term play. And this is where Asuka, you mentioned a moment ago, becomes relevant, right? Now, 
you know, uh, an alleged scoopster that we may or may not know suggested that Lacey Evans was supposed to be the Rawlins champ. Okay, so if that's the case, then I guess it made no difference beating Asuka in January with Alexa. But I can tell you for certain, without knowing anyone in the industry, that when they did that Asuka and Alexa match, if you'd have asked them, okay, what does this mean for WrestleMania? They would have, like, exploded in front of you. They would have just blown up. Like, what are you talking about WrestleMania? It's January. Well, the reason it matters... Have you guys seen Chuck Norris lately? He's still kicking butt, staying active well into his 80s. What's even more shocking is he looked more jacked than ever and seems to have more energy than guys half his age. And it's all thanks to Morning Kick, a revolutionary new daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix it with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike the other green drinks out there, this one tastes exactly like strawberry lemonade, has hundreds of five-star reviews. I love the taste of this. I love the way that I feel after drinking it. I've never felt better. My digestion is smoother. Body looks leaner. I have energy all day. I just feel younger. And the flavor is so much better than other green drinks. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash Fightful for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Every purchase is packed with a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, boost of energy, and overall a healthier body, go to roundhouseprovisions.com slash Fightful today. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Because now, if she's well, and I hope she is, we're going to do Asuka as the champ at WrestleMania, and she couldn't mean less as champ. Because you've beaten her with Alexa. You've not done anything to build her up, because you never cared to do that, because you didn't know where you were going to end up with Asuka. Like, this is where the little... The kind of uh, the pitfalls, they're just little missteps each week a lot of time. But, man, they can become a big deal. And this is why, in my humble opinion, they have become so reliant on part-timers and legends because those are the guys they can't beat every week on TV. So they're always going to be strong. You can always draft in someone who doesn't wrestle on TV often because, I, you know, you don't have to worry about just beating them randomly, you know, on any given raw. So I, I just – it's not – you know, it's, it's very kind of a – a meta thing, I understand that, but I I do think it's worth kind of. I feel like saying like WrestleMania, man. I feel like you need to have it locked in what you're doing there. I really do, you know. Like I, I otherwise I just don't know how you how you kind of maximize what it could be. I understand why it'd be flexible. I get that, but man, you're asking a lot of yourself booking a two night WrestleMania in the last few months. You know, it's not like Lashley. I agree with you. It's gone well, but let's be honest, it's been chaos. He changed the title and did a title rematch one month for us, mate. It's insanity. But this is where we're at. I don't know. Maybe it's not a problem. I'm not sure. Yeah, here's how you come up with the solution here for the week-to-week stuff. Don't beat your champions. Just don't beat them on television like that. Actually protect them. And don't do 50-50 rematches. 
every week. Like, just don't do that kind of stuff. You can do week to week booking mm-hmm. and actually have some of it make sense and, and book it on the fly. But the problem with their booking is they book the same matches over and over again, just with a different result to where everyone is just equal. And so, it, and they do beat their champions every week. And so then it doesn't make sense. I do agree. Look, you've got to have some long-term planning. I don't think anybody's surviving if you're just going week to week the entire time. Like, like I said, we play, we both play a lot of TEW and we don't just do week to week. Like we know our next pay-per-view. We're like, okay, what's our big match? How are we getting there? Some undercard stuff, we get there. We just do it kind of on the fly and stuff. But for main stuff, like, yeah, you definitely need a plan on that stuff. WrestleMania, I don't know how they don't have, like the WrestleMania card should be very obvious by now. And, and this can be a good thing. This can be a bad thing, but it should be very obvious. AJ Styles hasn't lost in like six months. I have no idea what this man is doing at WrestleMania. They're doing, I guess, Shane and Braun, which just became a thing and already is God awful. Um, I don't know who Lashley's even facing. I think it's going to be Drew, but I don't know that for certain. I mean, if Brock says, yeah, I'll come back and do Lashley at Mania, it's going to be Brock. It's not going to be Drew. So I, they don't have an idea what they're doing with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and it, uh, you know, again, I can only speak for myself. As someone who is on this side of the fence and has to talk about all this stuff, it kills my interest, you know, like, so this week for Raw, and I haven't even done this for next year, but for Raw and SmackDown, I watched them exclusively via the YouTube clips, you know, the little mini snippets of the show. What and it's this? like, this is the deal, right? It's like, I, I kind of, we all laugh about the whole thing of, you know, the people have changed, they watch things differently now, but. You can easily watch Raw that way, man. <laughs> like it's not, it isn't. It isn't like I missed anything. Right. Like we we aren't we aren't really match guys. Um, at, at least I'm not. Like if there's a great match, we'll we'll say it's a great match and we'll enjoy it and everything. But like on Raw, if they like the Sheamus and Drew match was very good on Raw. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, you need to watch this entire 15, 20 minute match to understand everything that's going on. Like we we get invested into more of the stories and the characters than we do this week-by-week week match, right? I think I'm fair in saying that. Yeah, um, I agree. I do think it's product. Like, I can tolerate empty excitement on AEW more than WWE because they at least have, like, the semblance of the result of the match will matter. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. they they have – I mean, they put wins and losses and stuff on a right. screen for a but reason. Just generally, just like, so if a match is good on Raw – and I'm not knocking this because it is very simple TV wrestling talk – like if two guys have a good match on Raw, you're probably going to get it again at some point in the next few weeks because it's good TV. They just it'll just do it again. Yes, it isn't the same way, which is again a small difference, and it's the same way in other promotions where they don't run matches back. But yeah, I, I think generally we're guys that would, especially with WWE TV, we would prefer kind of stories and promos that we can sink our teeth into rather than just like man, this thirty minute Sheamus match is something else. Like <laughs> I'm not, I'm kind of cool with that. Yeah. Right, so watching Raw on clips is very easy because you don't need to watch like a full match. You just watch kind of the promos you need to. And I mean, most of the promos on Raw are just pretty generic and you don't have to really pay attention to that stuff either. Um, I don't know. Like, I I do think you can, again, to to go back to your original question, I'm fine with week-to-week stuff if you don't have like an overall like one-year plan or anything as long as it's good content with because we're talking wwe aew here 
with WWE, it's typically not good content. And that's when the flaws of not having a plan really show up. So in the end, I, maybe I, maybe I was wrong in what I said earlier, have a fucking plan. Like it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be a one year thing. It really doesn't, but have a plan on what you're going to do kind of at least, you know, every three months or something like have Mm -hmm. a plan on that stuff. Yeah. I I think to put a bow on it, it's like the core of your point is the truth, right? It's one thing to settle on doing Shane and Drew six weeks, say Shane and um, Braun six weeks before the show. But the real reason that stuff sucks is because it just isn't, the promos are terrible. The story is terrible. Like that, that's nothing to do with planning, even right. That particular case is just bad TV. So I think you're right. Within myself, though, people that have what like you know read my content for a long time. I mean, in January I did like you know roots to WrestleMania. I often will do kind of you know what are the best matches for this roster at WrestleMania. In that sense, you can see why my interest is dwindling because if there's one thing I enjoy about it, it is trying to map out their like. Their route, and I just, you know, I, I look, <laughs> I don't see, I don't think they have one. It's like, I'm just, at that point, I'm just sort of looking at an empty mirror, you know, a shad glass, so to speak, like um, uh, a Mojo Rawley that time, Jeremy, you know, like I, it, it just seems like a pointless venture. I'm not saying it isn't fun sometimes as kind of mindless insanity, but man, it's, it's killed my personal interest. What this really was, which was therapy, because I've, I refused to watch those shows in full this week, and I thought we'd, I just thought it was worth tackling, you know, but. Fast late next week, Jeremy. You fired up? Let me catch up on some super chats here. Carlos Easy says, best heel promo in the biz. Don Callis, Carlos, you're, you're killing the best heel in the biz Baron Corbin gimmick here. What are, what are we doing? Um, what else do we got? I'm, I'm way behind on this stuff. I apologize, everybody. Joseph and I just, just we got rolling here, you know? We, we get rolling and we just, uh, we forget about everybody. Uh, my skits are getting more and more hilarious. Thank you, JJ. I agree. I mean, look, I got an executive producer now, so look out. <laughs> but Ryan says, Christian is champ. Yeah, because that's how I roll. I have that shirt, actually. Uh, Ace Podcast Nation. What's going on, man? Uh, what's going on, Cy? Just popped in to say Jezza and Joey H. Got bad king love for you guys. Some damn good brothers. Thanks. Thanks, Cy. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Uh, Kevin Steet says, Mox, Eddie, and Shooter for the trio's title. Man, if they could get Shooter in there, it'd be great. Ray Callahan, what if Don screws Omega? AEW title goes in. I don't think, I don't think that's happening. I think, I think Callus is tied to Omega. <laughs> He's always been tied to Omega. Uh, Frank says, as someone who has watched all your TW shows, I literally can't wait to see what happens with the asshole wedding. You guys always make my week. See, that's long-term planning, Joe. We've got that. We've got a wedding planned for like six months. Actually, true. He's yeah. proved that point on, st- on step one here. <laughs> we did. There you go. But we didn't know that's where we were going. We ended up getting Nia Jax and getting Bobby Lashley, and right. and so we're like, oh, we can throw that in there. So you got to be adaptable. I think a good mix is what you need. There you go. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I can't believe we, that just actually happened. We got fucking <laughs> credited after that conversation. There you go. Yeah, tax the long-term booking, hiding hits and promos, layers. Bray Wyatt is all elite. Look, he's a multi-time Fightful Award winner, Bray Wyatt. Uh, Aaron Entertainment feels like we're getting Orton Alexa instead of Fiend at WrestleMania. Now, Joseph, you're, you're on Orton Alexa at Fastlane, and then we'll get the return yeah. of the Fiend. He's in a box. You found out he's in a box. He is, right? Did I imagine that? Or is that what happened? He's in a box, right? Yeah, Alexa's like, not yet. And then she set the ring post on fire. 
I mean, there's worse lives to live, right? Just, <laughs> just, just fine. Dude, I mean, Bray has been off television since December. Is still collecting the same money, still one of the stars of the show because of this Alexa and, and Randy feud. Mm-hmm. This man has the life. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to yeah. not actually do this show. I'm just trying to send in my bits and everything and, you know, just pre-taped, uh, pre-taped segments and I don't have to do anything. So here's the deal, okay? I'm going to talk about the thing Bray Wyatt now. You want to put the mask up, Jeremy? Or are you oh, yes, yeah. Hold on. I just I like to warn the audience. <laughs> yes. Um, there we go. The thing, Bray Wyatt. So, two. Who was the gentleman that commented that? It was a good comment about it. Looks like Randy Alexa. Uh, I believe it's Aaron Entertainment. Yes, Aaron Entertainment. Okay. So, I do think there is increasingly, as we get closer here, a chance that he's right. And it's framed as a funhouse match between Alexa and Randy. And Alexa takes Randy through all of this like torment and you know, all this stuff. And then eventually Bray Bray returns, you know, like at the end of the funhouse. Because she said a few weeks back, like, you're gonna face everything you've done or whatever the hell. <laughs> she didn't say that, she just said the first part. <laughs> and it's like, I just don't know how you could have a man come back from being burnt to pieces and be like, anyway. I'm going to fight you in the Firefly Funhouse. Like, I don't know if it works that way. I feel like Alexa may have to do... Here's the thing, okay? I'm going to be frank here. If all of this is just, like, for an actual professional wrestling match, for Alexa Bliss is just in the Fiend Bray Wyatt's corner, asking a lot of me. It can't be, right? Like, I don't even know if it's, like, a match at this point. Like, I feel like Alexa's so involved, you at least have to frame it as just, like, Randy goes into the Funhouse. You know, like, I, I don't know if you can just do, like, Bray versus Randy. The thing is insane. Is Randy and Alexa have been feuding exclusively for, for like, generally three months. It's ridiculous. Remember, remember when uh, Orton RKO'd her, and then, like, two weeks later, they just, like, cross paths going up the ramp and yeah. everything? Yeah, That's I remember. <laughs> I remember people saying, they was asking me, like, do you think Alexa's going to be in, the in like, the Raw title thing? And I was like, I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm pretty sure she's just with Bray Wyatt now. <laughs> she beats Asuka and everyone's like, see? And it's like, sure, maybe. One week later, who was correct? Was <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. They just had to get another, you know, go and have a TV main event out of it. God bless them. It's, it's um, honestly, this is my genuine take. I've done this before. I'm going to do it again. Whoa, absurd. I respect the thing, Bray Wyatt, okay? Because yeah, you have to. But not just because of that reason. Obviously, we can respect him, but... On a show that is that dry, at least there we get fun out of discussing like Randy doing the licorice and the like he's like wrestle crap, you know? Like I'm for it. Cause whenever everything else on Raw is just like that Drew's like crying about his Irish mate and they're fine about God only knows what, you know? Like it's I thought it was just, like, AJ found it as funny as I did. He was like, This is stuff's insane. What are you doing here? Fighting the fighting the Alexa Bliss Randall Orton. He doesn't know. He's at least he's, at least he's got some personality, Jeremy. I mean, I love Bob Lashley, but he's fighting the Miz. It's a very sad show, as I'm telling you. Even via clips, when you see stuff like Shayna has like a three minute match with who did Shayna wrestle help me out? Was it Naomi and Shayna this week? Yeah, I think so. Sure, just, just these know. weird short. No, matches. it was a tag team match. They did they did the women's tag team right. title <laughs> match <laughs> with no builder. I mean, no no advertisement or anything. They sort of yes. built it, but no advertisement. 
Here's what's fun about Raw now is like, you know when Paulie dangerously had the pencil? There was this, whether you thought it was good or bad, because that guy is obviously, you know, he's old. But you could tell what guys he intended to push, right? Yeah. Whether you thought he was doing a good or bad job, you knew what guys he wanted to get over. If you ask me who they're pushing on Monday Night Raw now, I have, I honestly have no idea. Now, obviously, Bobby Lashley, he's the world champ. Goes with his hand. Who is being pushed on Monday Night Raw? I think Ali. He's facing. <laughs> he, beat, he beat Riddle. Riddle was the US champion. He's <laughs> Stop face yourself. Him. No, 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 no. If that is he's like, Retribution's day. losing, everybody. What are we doing? You guys are a bunch of losers. <laughs> I was talking about this with someone the other day. And if they're here, New, Day, like New Day's picking up some victories. They, they get a tag title match next week. This is not good, man. These are your suggestions. This is very bad. Are you going to say next, Miz? No, they're not there's no, there's no sort of sense of like who he intends or who they intend to have you here. Know, you know who they're pushing, Joseph? No. You know who they're pushing? Okay. Bow down. The Queen Charlotte yeah. Flair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you, you think you got something to prove? Prove it to me over the next five weeks. Like, <laughs> okay, Charlotte Flair, I apologize for talking about the woman's title. It's true. Like, it's it's the ultimate status quo booking. It's just like, okay, yeah, Asker and Charlotte's going to be really good. Like, really? That's where you're going? I guess they were going to push Lacey. So here's, maybe I should here's, here's my suggestion on The Fiend, since the mask is still up. Fascinating. You do Alexa and, and Randy. She does the box gimmick, right? The the fiend in a box. He pops out and claws, gets the claw on Randy, but it's a figment of all of our imaginations. All right? Randy comes to television the next day, and he's like, what, what happened? You know, I'm, I'm ready to fight the fiend. And Alexa's like, he's not there, Randy. He's not there. It's all a figment. What, you, what came out of that box, that was not the fiend. That is your past catching up to you haunting you and then randy enters the fun house at wrestlemania so then you kind of bring him back without bringing him back <sighs> i mean yeah man it sounds awesome sounds great here's here's my pitch ready here's my pitch you book randy and alexa for fast lane and the fiend bray wyatt shows up okay so i just pitched Wait, Jeremy, can't, this is how creative works. You have to. I'm doing a Kenny Bowling gimmick. It's just yeah. cutting you off. Right? No, no. <laughs> okay, listen, okay? So the Fiend Bray Wyatt shows up, and Alexa Bliss just immediately kicks him in the balls. Like, I mean, directly in the balls, immediately. The Fiend is fell. Um, and Randy Orton gets a match and sets Bray Wyatt on fire. And that's it. We write the Fiend Bray Wyatt off. Okay, ready? Hit me out. Jeremy, I know you think I'm going to. Listen. And Randy gets the mic and he's like, observe this, brother. What you're looking at is two of the great professional wrestlers on Monday Night Raw. And guess what we're going to do now? And everyone's like, well, they're going to do this. You know, the Thunderdome. They're like, they're all talking amongst themselves. And he's like, we're going to go back to being good professional wrestlers that do good professional wrestling programs. And everyone, like literally Tom Phillips throws his headset to the ground like that. Samoa Joe falls out of his chair. It, no one can believe it. Randy Myers was like, like, this isn't in the script. What are they yes, doing? It's, he's full Mark Madden in it. He's got the format up, the whole deal. Tank Abbott's there. And <laughs> and Randy's like, do you remember six months ago when everyone said, oh, my goodness, Randall Orton is at the peak of his career. He's finally fulfilling his potential. Remember that guy? 
he's back, folks. And Alexa Bliss is like, remember when I was the only female heel that could cut a good promo? And the Thunderdome just says yes. And she's like, well, you know this division has no one that can do it now? I'm going to do that, okay? And then everyone, naturally, Philip stands up, puts his hand up, and he goes, Where's, what's going to happen to the Fiend Bray Wyatt? Nothing. Nothing happens to the Fiend Bray Wyatt. He moves on. He goes and does this in NXT with the Carrying Cross. They draw lots of money down there in the in the third territory. And we all move on with our lives. Your faults. Horrible. God awful. That's the worst idea you've ever had. No, it's not. It's a yes, great it idea. Is. No, we need more Randy coughing up uh, chocolate syrup and Fiend popping out of a box. Dude, they've got to pay off. They've got to pay off possessed Randy Orton here and with the, the multiple – remember last week, Joseph? Randy Orton came in the hood and he had the demonic voice. We got to pay that off. I think I think we got to do a Randy versus Randy match. I think that's what what we got to get here. Okay. All right, I got a new I got a new a new a new pitch for you. Okay. Fiend in a box. Alexa's doing the, the box gimmick. Pops out. It's not Bray Wyatt. It's Randy Orton RKOing Randy Orton. <laughs> that would be that would be fast. <laughs> Any I've always wanted to see Randy Orton against Randy Orton. So that does sound yeah. okay. Well, hang on. I have another idea. Okay. I have no idea. The ratings have just come through. JJ says AW743, NXT691. Terrible numbers. There you go. Right. Nonetheless, whatever. Last Monday, a new woman's wrestler laid down her stake at the number one promo in the business. Okay. Peyton Royce, Jeremy. Jeremy. Peyton Royce. She didn't observe this promo on Monday. Here's what we do. Okay. Pigtails, Peyton becomes Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss goes back to being Alexa Bliss. Your faults. All right. I can and then you that. still do. We do both. You do your RKO. Okay. Yeah, because Peyton, I mean, she when she was cutting that promo. Is there, like, a, concern, is there a concern, though, based on Peyton's promo on Raw Talk, and then if she's going to go into this role, like how quickly is Hollywood snatching her up? That's That's got to be concerning. It's a good point, man. I mean, I... When I was watching Raw Talk, as I always do, I, I clicked off a bit and I was scrambling. I nearly broke my remote. I was going, I said, Will you put Crockett TV on here? What's Dusty Rhodes doing on the television? And my brother goes, He goes, No, it's just, that's, that's not Dusty. That's Peyton Royce. It's Peyton Royce. Never heard anything like it. It was unbelievable. I couldn't, I couldn't fathom what I was watching. But, you know, um, there you go. I, I think we've saved it. Long term planning be damned. I, I know that Bruce watches the show, Bruce. Congratulations on your new hot angles. Thank us later, my friend. But it is almost uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Well, first, we got a super chat. Music and Moonsault says not having a clear plan for AJ at Mania at this point is criminal. Blame Christian. He went to AEW. Christian was supposed to face AJ. Just complete fake scoop. You're gonna just you're just gonna claim as being real life. There you go. It is almost four o'clock, Joseph. We know what happens at four o'clock. Does it kill 30 seconds of time here before four o'clock actually hits? I'm very scared about what's about to happen, Jeremy. I'm very I scared. I am too. I am too. Look, folks, if you're looking for Robert O'Neill's corner three, he's been fired. All right? He's been fired. We We're going to talk segment. about this. We're we going to talk about this, Jeremy. We will. We have a new segment to debut, though. Right now, four o'clock. Here we go. Sean Ross Saps, pull up three. Pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! Let's go! 
What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. I was asked by Jeremy to do this and didn't want to do it, but you know what? It replaces Robert O'Neill on Fightful, so I decided to do it because of that. Uh, it, it was Rob's is called Corner Three. Mine's called like Pull Out Three. I think it should be called like Pulling Out Eight or something like that. But whatever. It's neither here nor there. I'm reviewing uh, television apps. I think, I, and I this became a thing because I tweeted about Discovery Plus. Never envisioned myself as a Discovery Plus subscriber, but you know what? It's about all I watch these days. When I get done watching wrestling, I want to watch something that is quite vividly different than pro wrestling or MMA. So I decided to watch things about murder. And that's what we're looking at right here, the Discovery Plus app on on digital. I love shows like this, Web of Lies, that tell you about like cyber crimes and stuff like that, but they got a really great collection. Joe Kenda is a sarcastic, smarmy asshole that is also a great detective. Uh, they have some documentaries. They've got body cam video uh, shows. They've got murder tape shows. All the any type of uh, this person gets murdered by that person show you can imagine. They got deadly women, deadly grannies, deadly aunties. It's it's mainly that. It's for some reason they don't really. I mean, I guess. Uh, 95% of murders are probably by men anyway, so they can just do evil lives here, fear thy neighbor, where murder lies. Like, they have a niche for every type of murder. Like, if you want to watch somebody recount a story about getting murdered with oven mitts on, there's a show for that here. Uh, the show that got me into this was I Almost Got Away With It, which is a fugitive show. I watched it on Netflix like years ago. Then they took it off, it was gone. And the only way that I could watch it is on DVR or YouTube. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Very excited about that. Um, but I love the Joe Kenda shows. The only thing I watch outside of this is Fixer Upper. Joanna Gaines is brilliant. Chip Gaines is Discovery Channel AJ Styles. It's, it's an alright show. I don't really mind it. Uh, my, my wife watches the, the, the Irwin show, the... The kids of the Crocodile Hunter, you know, he's dope. He's cool, whatever. But, I mean, just look look at all these. I think there are more shows about murders than there actually have been murders. I think they had to double dip on some of this stuff. I ain't even joking about that. They did double dip on some of it. But if you're into true crime like I am, here you go. What do you want me to say? It's like five, six bucks a month. No commercials. You get the seasons before they, they even come out on, on the channel. Whatever, do it. It's good. That has been Sean Ross Sapp's pull up three. Pulls up three pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good. There you go, Joseph. New segment. I thought it was all right. Hmm. 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 How interesting, Jeremy Lambert. How terribly interesting. Where to start with what I've just watched? Number one. It is clear that, that was a transparent advertisement for something that I will not get no money from. So any, any counterpoints in that regard. That's the first thing. Okay. Number two, Sean Rossat, I'm concerned about you. I'm worried. You are you are a, a star in this realm, and I'm genuinely concerned for you. Genuinely concerned as to your lack of enthusiasm putting over what I assume was a topic you were excited to talk about. It made you. You should actually be talking about wrestling on here. You looked like me. Sean Rossap, <laughs> you're not me. 
Okay, Sean, I'm worried about you. Okay, and I, I, I in fact, I'm going to reach out and message you in a way that I usually would only message you if someone was upset with me in the All Elite Fleet. And I, <laughs> that's serious. Okay, that's that's about Sean. Sean, I'm just checking on you. I'm worried. Okay, let's put that aside. Get to real ma important matters here. I fall for Robert O'Neill. Okay. When everyone laughed and said, oh, that guy's a dick, the quote tweet assassin, Robert O'Neill, I put my hand up and I said, you know the number one wrestling platform? I want him on that. I said, what, a draft show with three of the great entertainers on this earth? I want him on that. They said he couldn't do it. I said, I know. He couldn't do it. Okay, he couldn't do it. But I trusted him. No, Siri. No, stop. I trusted him because I knew that in the ring, when the bell rung, he could deliver. Okay. Shades of Bobby Eaton, dare I say, Jeremy Lambert. The promo is 40. You give him something to sink his teeth into a review, you get the best segment ever. The only segment of our show that's been clipped. Hundreds of people have watched it because they loved it so much. The Robert O'Neill corner free. Okay? That man went from Danny Ainge to, like, the big boss man. Like that. Like that, Jeremy, okay? Because I trusted him. You take this idea, this brilliance, you package it with your wonderful Photoshop skills and music editing. Next thing I know, it's like, oh, it's a joint effort. We got O'Neill over. So he's going well. Okay, he makes a mistake. He turns up late every once in a while. Sure. Maybe sometimes yeah. he falls short of his time. Okay. We find him. We move on. I come on here today to find out this man has been legitimately fired. So I have a statement to make. I have come on this show. For 15 months, Jeremy Lambert, and today I had to talk about the thing, Bray Wyatt, again. And here's the worst thing. I wanted to because I have nothing else to talk about. I don't watch these shows anymore. I scroll through them purely for the sake of having an opinion so I can get involved in these bullshit arguments that people have online, only to sit here with you and agree on everything anyway. It is a waste of my time. So with all that in mind, okay, I have a clear a line to be drawn here, okay? If Robert O'Neill is not on my screen at 4 p.m. Eastern time on the 18th of March, 2021, where he belongs, Robert O'Neill's corner for a bang, okay? It's over, Jeremy. It is over. You're, threat you're threatening. Yes, yeah, I am. You, you do this every week, Joseph. No, every no, no, this is different. Week. This is different. You know it's this different. Is different. You know this is different. This is different. Every week you threaten, I'm done. You do this on Tuesday. You do, you threaten to quit on Tuesday. You know it's different. You know it's different. Okay? Oh, I text Jeremy. I say, do I need to watch Rory? He says, yes, you have to watch it three times, back to front, make notes. Why, Jeremy? He says, because you're a professional. Joseph, Joseph, I know. I know you love Robert O'Neill. You cut a very passionate promo. What people are not what people are not going to see until the distraction documentary comes out is the the promo Joseph cut for me to get O'Neill on this show. Is I didn't want him. I was like, I don't want Robert O'Neill, the Robert O'Neill section of Twitter. He he's bad news. He's trouble. And Joseph's like, no, no, no. Listen to me, Jeremy. You have to do it. I promise you. I promise you. He's going to stay in line. It's going to be good. He's going to boost our ratings. We're going to get him over. He's going to get us over. I said, okay, all right, Joseph, I trust you. I'll, I'll, I'll have him on. It worked. I fully admit it worked. He was good. He was good enough to where I think I was the one who gave him the corner three segment. 
I was like, this this is good. I liked it. Yeah, I'm taking credit for it. I am. I did the graphics. I did the fancy graphics for him. You you were upset that I did fancy graphics for him, Joseph. You were. You were like, you, I've been on the show 15 months. I never got fancy graphics. I was like, look, you fought for this guy. I'm going to make sure we get him there. And I did. So I got him. I got him the fancy graphics. He showed up late. He's he's always messaging me in the DMs about how I can't do this. I can't do that. He's a head case. I couldn't have it anymore. I couldn't. Sean Rossap, very professional. Sean's like, here you go. On time, too. Perfectly three minutes. Perfectly three minutes. Didn't go under. Didn't go over. Got everything in. Sean's a professional at this. Say what you will about his content. Not always great. One thing you won't say about Sean Rossap is that he's not a professional because he is. So that he's here. He's staying here. Robert O'Neill's not going to be on the show next week. And if you want to quit, if you want to put this entire show on Robert O'Neill showing up at 4 o'clock next week, fine. If that's what you want to do, Joseph, if you want to throw this entire 15-month run we've had away for Robert O'Neill being on time next week, that's on you. That's what I want, Jeremy Lambert. I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man of loyalty. And O'Neill, for all of his faults, he brings a dynamic to this show. And the audience will agree, he brings something that simply cannot be matched elsewhere. He brings hat selfies, okay? He brings 900 words of notes. He brings all of these things for, let's be honest, a relatively low price of $5,000 a week, okay? Let's just be fair here. Now, if you really want to pull back the curtain and shoot, brother, the real reality here is that the initial segment was Joel Pearl's mid-range free. Mid-range. Mid-range three. He's mid-range three. Yeah, that's what's going on. And I said, I said, there's no such thing, Jeremy. He said, I know, a mid-range shot. And I said, fine, what about O'Neill? Next thing you know, the hat's out, everyone's loving it, and it's Jeremy's idea apparently. Well, I must have missed that. I am not a man to throw my power around here, Jeremy. You force me to talk about professional wrestling every week, and I merely turn up and say, okay, Jeremy, we'll talk about these things, okay? I don't know why. I finished Breaking Bad this week. I could have done a whole show on that. Why didn't I? Because I'm a nice guy. I let you run this thing. You like talking about wrestling. You love it. Okay? So I come on and I do my job. However, you can only push a man so far. And if this show lacks O'Neill in future, moving forward, you have a week to settle this. Okay? New contract, whatever you need to do. It's done. Pearl's in. I'm out. Whoever you want to get. It's just, it's. I have certain things you cannot you can't do to me. O'Neill, top of the list. One, I think you're bluffing. Two, I don't even care if you are bluffing, Joseph, because I will replace you with Joel Pearl. So quick. So quick. I'm not having O'Neill back on this show. I'm not. Look, That's it. I, I think you're going to live to regret that. I know your DMs are filling as we speak here. They are. I've already got it. Let me check here. I legitimately have three DMs saying, watching the distraction, is this a shoot or a work? What's Bro, going on? Do you need a new co-host after next week? I'm going to reply to them and say, yes, I do need a new co-host next wow. week. Wow. Wow, Jeremy Lambert. Wow. This is a new low. Look, here's what I'm saying, okay? I'm always honest with our audience. Send the message. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. I got a text. I will look. I will flash the text message 
up on the screen to prove to you that I have sent this text message. Oh no! I will Not tweet evidence. it out. I will tweet it out right now. Look, it's it's the simple deal here. Okay, I'm I'm honest with my audience, and I'm merely telling them. That if our friend Jeremy Lambert does not fix this, sending it, see, it's it's over, it's completely finished. If this doesn't go as it needs to, you've all been warned, okay? Joel Pearl, you did not pitch anything. Jeremy was pitching it for you. Very sad. Sent the text message. It's just been read. Yeah. See, I might get a response right now. It's interesting because the last person that sent a text in that conversation with well, you, so you know, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm intrigued by you know I'm not call, I'm not saying it's fake I'm just saying you know. see I'm I'm here you know I love this business and I've tried my best but you've pushed me too far with this especially because it seems like Sean didn't even want to do the segment you bullied him into replacing O'Neill they were friends I needed a professional. His charm is his unprofessionalism. I've told you this before. He's part of his bit. How do you not get O'Neill? He's the most over guy on our show. Push him. Long term. We need to be getting him ready. Not happening. Look, man. It's out of my hands now. You, you do your thing. Very, very sad times, though, because Robert O'Neill got over and we pulled the rug out from under him. This is like shades of Zack Ryder in 2012, Jeremy. You should be ashamed of yourself, what you're doing here in the Fightful Office. I'm done speaking to you. We'll speak next week. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm glad we're not doing a post show on Twitch this week because that'd be a real catastrophe for our uh, for our you know angle here. It's it's definitely good that we're not going to be live on Twitch.tv yes. slash Fightful Gaming in 15 minutes doing a post yes. show where we keep talking and maybe play video games and stuff. Yeah, because we might fight if that was the case. So it's uh, it's also good that we won't be on Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming tomorrow. Um, <laughs> you know, booking booty pro wrestling as well. Exactly right. Look, the chat's going to be upset with you. So you do it as you want, man. Like I'm seeing the chat come through and people are like, do whatever you do. I'll never exactly. Come back exactly. That's tough. That's tough. But I do not have the control to do that. I cannot just merely click comments. So I, I can't click on the many that say, I will literally never watch Fightful again if O'Neill is replaced. There are a lot of those, so I'll just have to, you know, take the loss. I, I don't see them. Otherwise, I would click them, but they're not there. You're banning them, Jeremy. You're banning them. You're taking their signs away. They've got beach balls. Come on. Everybody should be banned. I'm going to ban this entire program. You're going to have to if Joel Pearl takes my place. I'll tell you that much for sure, okay? Because, I'm listen, I've been drawing houses for some time now. You know that, Jeremy Lambert. You don't want to see what happens. You replace me and O'Neill in one week, territory's done. We'll move this, on. This show survives off of me, Joseph. I've told you that from the very beginning. Your girl is Pearl. I can get Joel Pearl in here and we will be just fine. Look, I I said what I need to say. You are Gallows and Sean Ross Sapp is Don Callis. He thinks you're great. It's tremendous, okay? But I'm the machine gun, Jeremy. I'm I'm the one that keeps this glass stirring. You gotta understand that. I'm not here to push any further, okay? Clearly, in this landscape, in wrestling media, I have 101 very fruitful opportunities awaiting me. You know this, Jeremy. I do. This is just one of the seven-figure offers I have on the table, okay? I can leave it. I can leave it. That's what I'm saying. Leave it. O'Neill's not going to be here next week. I'll see you next week for an hour, and then at 4 o'clock, 
That's it. Apparently so. Can I get one last Twitter plug before we never do this again? Sure. Plug what you want. Okay, everyone, follow me at, on, at Twitter, on Twitter, at Joe Holbert, my new website, Joyous Wrestling 101, where Robert O'Neill and I will be breaking down the positives of professional wrestling moving forward. Um, frankly, I've become increasingly tired of the haters on Fightful, of the fake scoops on Fightful, and we are going to be bringing grins and nothing but when we're inevitably thrown off this show. That's the truth of it, okay? Um, this, has been, this has been brought in for some time. Everyone knows I've quit many times. Clearly, clearly, this is different. Bye, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.